Chapter 10, Biological Contaminants Jack sat in a passenger seat trying to be discreet and not get busted for staring at Serena. Her profile was strong but beautifully constructed. Nice nose, lips, and chin, plus impeccable driving skills, navigating the deeply rutted roads with ease. She smelled faintly of lavender and sandalwood, the combo of scents you'd find in a high-end spa. So, how much further, he asked. The Range Rover clock displayed 245. They'd been driving an hour, the last 15 minutes of which was more like an off-road adventure. Another hour is all. We should get there by four. Excited to start, she asked. I don't know if excited would be the word I'd use, but I guess I'm curious to see what a world-class legal weed facility looks like. Plus, I needed a break. So, this is more like a forced vacation with a paycheck, she asked. She pursed her lips in feigned disappointment. It's not all about the money, he said, smiling. Oh, that's spoken like someone who's got money? She changed the subject. Maybe they have something, maybe they don't. If they do, then I don't think it'll be a waste of your time. I never said it would be a waste of time, he smirked. That aside... What are you doing here? I mean, not that I mind, but why is a U.S. Department of Agriculture employee here in Canada working with a weed farmer? Weed farmer? Wow, that's rich, considering you haven't even seen the place yet. She paused, then continued. Medical and most likely recreational marijuana will be legalized in the U.S. on the federal level at some point in the near future. I think everybody knows that's a given, and so does the Department of Agriculture. So if that's the case, there will be regulatory and safety concerns, along with a boatload of policy initiatives. It only stands to reason that it would be helpful for us to learn what works and what doesn't from a neighboring country that's legalized it already. Yeah, that makes sense, Jack said, looking out of the window at the rich landscape. It's a pretty amazing facility. I think you're going to be impressed, she said. Well, if Serena Green is, then I'm sure I will be too, he turned and said with a smirk. She gave him a kiss-my-ass look and then laughed. Their conversation continued and intensified during the ride. Serena asked him about every facet of his life, truly locked on to every word. For Jack, as exhausting as the conversation was, it was liberating. He opened up and talked more with Serena Green in three hours than he had with his girlfriend Beth in a year. He'd never been with anyone like her before and was developing an infatuation that he could physically feel begin to overtake him. Competing thoughts rattled around in his head, which was the norm for him, but this time it was harder, given that he didn't want to miss a word she said. He stared out of the window, occasionally pondering why he had stayed with Beth so long and why she'd become so shallower over the last few months. Beth hadn't been like that when they met, but then again, they never shared the instant and quick-witted repartee that he was enjoying with Serena. He listened to Serena drop personal nuggets of information, like breadcrumbs, knowing that he'd follow them. The realization struck him that as long as he had known Beth, almost for a year now, he didn't know her, really know her. There were a few odd moments when he saw true vulnerability, but she would quickly recover using distraction and sexuality as a tool. The porn star-like sex with Beth was undeniably good. Amazing, actually. But Jack needed more. He needed an intellectual and emotional connection that didn't seem possible with Beth. 
His hand trembled slightly at the thought and turned his attention back to Serena. Almost there, she said, as she drove up a long, newly paved driveway, out of place considering the roads they had been driving on the past hour. As they got closer, he could see that the facility was a sprawling mass that looked more industrial than agricultural. This used to be a baked goods factory, she said, seeing he was trying to make sense of the place. Big, right? No kidding. Still is a bake shop, he mumbled, taking in the sheer size of the facility. The parking lot looked as if it could accommodate a thousand vehicles. However, there were only 20 cars in the parking lot and the remnants of the lines that divided the parking spaces had long since faded. She parked near the entrance and helped him with his bags. The reception area they entered stood in stark contrast to the industrial, semi-neglected exterior of the facility. It was surprisingly swank, with limestone floors and walls, an elegantly carved reception desk. The sickly sweet smell of fresh weed hit him unexpectedly as he walked through the lobby door. Jack felt like he could taste it a complete sensory explosion. A young 20-something girl of Indian descent sat behind a computer and welcomed them as they strode up to the desk. It was apparent she knew Serena and flashed a toothy smile at Jack while she printed his credentials. She ushered him down a white hallway with two doors on opposite sides of the hall. One said offices, the other said manufacturing. She opened the door to the offices and introduced Jack to the guard at the desk. Damn tight security, even for a weed farm, Jack whispered in Serena's ear. She shook her head like he was an idiot, then answered him out loud. Okay, before you say anything like that to Magnus Johnson, remember, he's not a weed farmer. Greenleaf is an LP, a licensed producer, and that's a big deal and takes a lot of money and time to get approved by Health Canada. This is serious business all the way up the supply chain. It's not an expanded version of a college dorm, so don't make me look bad for recommending you, she said. Jack held up his hands in surrender, then scanned the room, creating a detailed map of everything he saw, structural elements to colors and angles, unable to block the infusion of new information. The new data points were filed away effortlessly as he turned and settled his gaze on the security guard who was sturdy to say the least. At six foot tall and a couple hundred pounds, He looked like he could take care of himself. His gap-toothed hockey player smile came across as insincere as he studied their credentials. Mr. Johnson's office is on the last door on the right, the guard said, as he handed them a sticker for their visitor's badge. I'll also need any cell phones, cameras, or electronic devices. Jack looked at him in disbelief, then at Serena. Really? Serena shrugged. The guard quickly resumed the conversation. Oh, it's strict policy here. No phones or cameras. I can't even bring mine in here, he said, his face looking slightly pained from trying to be so cordial. Serena put her phone in a plastic bag and wrote her name on it, as did Jack. The guard then waved them into the corridor. Magnus met them halfway down the hall. He was a vigorous man with close-cropped blonde hair. His once-athletic build had caved in on himself, but his stern Nordic features remained intact belying his five-foot-nine frame. The no-bullshit manner stitched into the fabric of his dark suit put the finishing touches on an imposing facade. He wore no tie as if making a concerted effort to acquire a more relaxed persona. It wasn't working. A purple velour tracksuit couldn't have covered up the intensity he radiated. 
He ushered him into the office, which was decorated in the same fashion as his Toronto digs. The high-end, minimalist furnishings, white limestone floors, and white walls would have looked institutional, if not for the large oriental carpet and comfortable red leather chairs in his office. One entire section of the wall was floor-to-ceiling glass that appeared to be one-way mirrors, offering an imposing view of the production floor. Jack stood in awe at the scale of it all. From that vantage point, he could see four large indoor grow rooms and did the calculations automatically in his head. Each room was 5,042 square feet, 1,000 plants in each, on 80-foot-long, 4-foot-wide tables. Room 3 had two extra plants. He bit his lip and could practically taste the limonene and pinene, the compounds called terpenes in cannabis that gave cannabis its unique flavor profiles. Different hues of light emanated from each room. He stood at the window catching glimpses of workers dressed in white hospital scrubs, taking measurements or trimming plants through the windows. It was much more impressive than Jack had imagined when Serena described the job. He settled into his seat when Magnus made an obvious effort to get down to business by clearing his throat. Thanks for coming on such short notice, Mr. Glasser. I hope your journey wasn't overly difficult. Not at all, Jack replied. As you can see, we have a very expansive operation here, Magnus said, and took a seat on the edge of his desk across from Jack. We're the second largest LP, which means licensed producer in this country. As impressive as our grow facilities are, we also have world-class research and development staff, and sales and marketing. Jack raised his eyebrows when he heard sales and marketing. Magnus picked up on it. Yes, yes, I know. I've heard it before. Why do you need sales and marketing for a product that practically sells itself? Magnus smiled and stroked his chin, then answered his own question. Canada is different. Legally, it's an e-commerce sales model. Sure, there are a few dispensaries out west, but eventually they'll be shut down. To be successful, we've had to leverage the latest in social, web, and marketing techniques and analytics. We sell to end users as well as other licensed producers. As good as we are at sales and marketing and selling our product, our product itself is world class. Jack nodded appreciatively as the sweet aroma of weed teased his senses. Unfortunately, Magnus's soapbox speech on the quality of his marijuana was a complete buzzkill and reminded him that the effect of the last edible he'd consumed had worn off. He could tell Magnus was enamored with the sound of his own voice. He was tired from the trip and looking for a way to move things along. Magnus continued, We've developed a social media platform. Jack cut him off. Can you help me understand the nature of your new plant? What you suspect is a new genotype? So, it's not just a new variety of sativa or indica, but something you suspect is new? He asked, eyeing Magnus and Serena, who looked as if he had just thrown a turd in the punch bowl. Magnus, who wasn't used to being interrupted, quickly dropped his attempt at being cordial and reverted to his true icy Nordic demeanor, staring at Serena as if she was a waiter that had just brought him a disgusting entree. After a moment of awkward silence, Magnus quickly outlined the scope of their work he had paid Jack handsomely to perform, to test the new plants to see if they had indeed created something new and patentable, and subsequently provide a detailed report on his findings. The word patentable lodged in Jack's throat, 
and conjured the theme of totalitarian agriculture, which was anathema to him. Magnus continued without skipping a beat. It's obvious you'd like to get started quickly. We have rooms here at the facility I believe will be to your liking. You can unpack your bags and relax. I've scheduled the team to meet for dinner in our dining room at seven. I'd appreciate it if you would be there. Afterward, I'll show you the facilities. He nodded curtly at Jack without shaking his hand and walked them to the door. Is it just me, or did he turn into an asshole? Jack asked Serena. Wow, you really don't do small talk, do you? And I thought the Dutch were rude, Serena muttered as they walked out of Magnus's office back toward the security guard. I wasn't trying to be rude, but it felt like an infomercial. He was putting me to sleep, Jack replied. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually, she said, shaking her head and smiling. I've been around here for a couple of weeks, and I haven't seen anyone shut Magnus down. Sometimes I don't have much patience, Jack said, smiling. No kidding. I'm working on it, though, he said with a grin. Serena saw the guard and spoke to him in an upbeat tone. We need to get Mr. Glasser a room? The guard's face lit up as soon as he saw her. You bet, the gap-toothed guard, whose name tag read Eric, replied as he lifted Jack's bag and instrument case. He led them through the door marked Manufacturing, chatting while he walked. Jack interrupted yet again. So when do I get my phone back and how am I supposed to call my office? The guard replied, You'll get it back when you leave. It's safe. It's in our vault with everyone else's. We have phones you can use to make calls, one in your room and others in the guest offices. Jack nodded and Eric continued his pitch like a tour guide. We have small wings of rooms, like hotel room suites, really. Six in all on the other end of the main building, on the far side of the grow operation, he said casually. A lot of execs spend the night from time to time, and we get our fair share of visitors, too. You probably noticed you didn't pass any hotels on the way here. We are literally in the sticks. So you'll find the accommodations to be better than average. We've actually had a few visitors that liked it so much they wanted to move in. They stopped at another door. Don't worry, since we're not going into the grow rooms, you won't have to worry about using these, Eric said, pointing to the lab coats that hung from pegs on the walls and a bin of hair nets and shoe covers. He continued, You will, however, have to walk through the disinfectant solution on the other side of this door and be sure to follow the other guard down the marked path around all the sensitive grow areas. We just want to make sure that no one brings any unwanted biological contaminants. Jack couldn't help but crack a subtle smile when guard said this. He thought to himself, Yeah, right. A foot wash? What a friggin' joke. Like, that's gonna keep out mold spores and mites. Eric handed Jack and Serena off to the other guard who guided them around the perimeter of the grow room. The guard was mercifully silent as they made their way through, following the arrows and staying within the striped boundaries of the walking path. Jack took in the entirety of the facility unconsciously noting every nuance of the building and the layout, down to the structured cabling attached to the various load-bearing beams. In addition to Jack's astonishing memory, one of his gifts was an ability to see things that others would miss, able to look at something mechanical in nature and disassemble it in his mind. He could understand how something worked without actually having to take it apart. As he walked through the building, his mind was on autopilot, creating an intricate three-dimensional map of the place. 
An oddity of the building's features grabbed his attention as he walked by a rather large concrete wall that appeared to be one side of a 50 by 50 concrete room stuck in the middle of the facility. He could tell that it was self-contained. The room's roof most likely made of concrete as well, with none of the structure tied to anything except the plant floor. He caught Serena's eye and made a quick head nod toward the large room. That's the safe. Vault, really, she said, visibly comfortable speaking in front of the guard. Big, he commented absently. Do you see the size of the grow operation? As soon as they take a single butt off the plant, it has to be accounted for, processed, and stored in the safe. Only two people have access to it, Magnus and the plant manager, Rowdy Shakes. During max harvest, that thing is bursting at the seams with product and is probably more secure than any government building in Canada. It's three feet thick and made of concrete, carbon fiber, foam, and steel. No one's getting in and out of that unless they're supposed to, Serena replied. Jack eyed the concrete monstrosity with newfound respect, still chewing on what Serena said as they made it to the hotel as the guard so quaintly called it. The guard pulled out one master key from his keychain, opened the door for Jack, and then gave him a key of his own. Serena's room was down the hall. She told him to relax and freshen up, and she'd come get him at 6.45 to go meet Magnus and the team in the executive dining room for dinner. He had an hour and a half to get ready. The room was really a two-room suite, complete with a living area and large bedroom. Luxurious by any measure. The living floors were the same flawless limestone as the executive offices, and the bedroom carpet was opulent wool that felt great on Jack's feet as he kicked off his shoes. He left his technical gear in the living room and threw a suitcase on the edge of the king-size bed. He crawled on top of the lush duvet, beat from the long day of travel. His catnap ended when his eyelids bolted open and he looked at the clock on the bedside table. 6.30, 15 minutes to get ready. Still groggy, he walked back to the living room and looked in his sport jacket pocket for his phone before remembering he'd relinquished it. Meanwhile, in a similar room to his, three doors down, Serena eyed Jack's smartphone that Eric the guard handed to her on the way out of Magnus's office. She turned it off as a precaution against anyone tracking it. The entire trip to the facility, she had been on eggshells, trying to keep Jack engrossed in conversation so there wouldn't be a lull that would inspire him to pull out his phone. She eyed Jack's device more closely. At first glance, it looked like any other high-end smartphone, but she could tell that there were some aftermarket additions. Under a jeweler's loop, she could see it was constructed in such a way that opening it would be impossible. Trying to hack into it seemed dubious as well, considering the upgrades to the phone itself. Plus, she'd have to turn it on to try. She was pretty sure that security measures would extend to the phone's operating system as well. The chances of pulling anything out of it easily were slim to none. She thought about the potential secrets the phone held. Secrets that could help her move a few rungs up the ladder in the organization. She audibly sighed as she put the phone in her pocket, resigning herself to slipping it into the vault later.